my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy. Denakoto Katoa, and thank you very much for tuning in to another episode of Code with Kingy, where for this weekend we are previewing the All Blacks matchup with the Welsh on Sunday in our early hours. And joining me this week to talk a lot over is a Welshman and a former colleague of mine, and Hugh Bainan. Uh, first of all, brother, very grateful for your time and what's doing. Thanks, mate. Yeah, excited. Alarm alarm set for the early hours of Sunday morning, as it is every year when I have to go through this annual torture of watching Wales normally get pumped, or at least get pumped for the last 20 minutes by the All Blacks. Uh, I, unfortunately, I don't see this year being any different, but hey, I'm still going to get up. I'm still going to have my red jersey on, out on the couch. I'll still be watching. My old man will be in the stadium in Cardiff, so he'll be texting me the whole time, so I'll be there watching. Cool. Now, I unfortunately have not been given the opportunity to go on my OE since I left university, but I've always heard that rugby is very similar in Wales to what it is in New Zealand. It's almost like a religion. So as someone who's grown up there, you know, and I know we just talked off here about um, your own um, attachment to rugby with your whanau. Um, can you give us a quick rundown of what, yeah, what rugby is to the Welsh? It is the most, I mean, you think about world rugby, right? Outside of Fiji, Samoa, Tonga as well, and, and New Zealand, Wales is the only country where it's the number one sport. You know, like England, Scotland, Ireland, France, football is reigns king, or maybe not in Ireland, they've got Gaelic football and stuff and hurling, but most of the other sports, Australia have got, you know, three or four sports that come before rugby union. <laughs> South Africa, fo- football is played by millions more people than play rugby unions. So really it's the islands, the Pacific Isles, um, Aotearoa and Wales where rugby is king and really is king in recent years in Wales football has creeped in you know with Gareth Bale and stuff mm. being one of the best players in the world so football certainly uh, is making its mark but uh, rugby is the religion rugby is what runs through everyone's DNA everyone's blood over there and it's uh, it's quite similar going to a pub in like rural Wales as going to a pub in the rural South Island, rural Canterbury, for example, like all oh, everyone wants yeah. to talk about it in rugby. And if they get a sniff, so whenever I go back now, which unfortunately for the last few years hasn't, it hasn't been that often. Um, since I've been here in New Zealand now, pretty much since I was a teenager and I've got a bit of an accent, everyone's like, oh, you're Kiwi, are you? And then you sit and then they just <laughs> hammer you about all the, and I'm like, I actually support Wales guys. My old man's Welsh and all that stuff. And uh, no, but it's, it's great. It's a great, a uh, very friendly atmosphere at the Mil- or the Principality Stadium, as it's called now. In my mind, I've been lucky enough to get to most rugby-playing nations, Tier 1 nations, to watch rugby in my lifetime. It's the best rugby stadium in the world, um, the, the Principality Stadium. Just phenomenal, 78,000 people belting out the national anthems at the start. They, the Welsh fans sing throughout the entire game, winning or losing. Um, and then, because it's right in the heart of the city, when you leave the Principality Stadium, you're straight into party mode. You're straight into like a center of a big city, bars and restaurants everywhere, packed with fans. It's uh, it really is a, an awesome weekend, you know, when you go to go to Cardiff to watch a game. And so I grew up in England actually, so I got a Welsh Welsh dad and an English mum. My great grandfather played for Wales. My grandfather played for the the British Army team and the Welsh Army team. Um, two of my uncles played for Cardiff. They were the reserve halfback and first five behind Barry John and Gareth Edwards, who are two of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. Uh, my old man was a number eight, played for Worcester, played in Wales, alongside a big rugby family. I grew up playing rugby. 
Um, so we used to travel over from England to go and watch the games, and it was great fun. You know, all the all the local radio stations are out and about and doing their shows live from the streets of Cardiff on game day. You know, it's that kind of atmosphere. Mm. You, you kind of picture when we had the World Cup here in 2011, what it was like in Auckland and Wellington when those games were on. That's every match day in Cardiff, especially a match day that involves the All Blacks or England. Wow. You know, it is a big festival in the in the biggest city. Um, and it's it's fantastic. And I miss it. And I don't miss too much about the UK. You know, I, I'm obviously proud of my Welsh heritage, but I consider myself a New Zealander now. You know, I'm a citizen. I've got Kiwi wife, Kiwi kids and all that. And I'm a very proud New Zealander. But the one thing I do miss is, is match day in Cardiff. You know, everyone, the few things I really miss. And uh, I'm looking forward to the, the world getting back to a little bit of normality so uh, I can get back over there and, and get involved again. Cool. Well, I can't wait to get overseas and do all the stuff that you've done. Um, and you actually mentioned something that I was going to bring up later on around the roof and the potential for, well, just from some of the reading that I've done, I see that there's meant to be a forecast for showers and giving right. the unavailability of some of the better players that Wayne Pivak had at his disposal for the Six Nations. I just wonder whether or not he'd want the roof open if it was to rain just to slow the game down but i'll pick your brain about that mm. a little bit later um but just some facts before we get into the big question we'll start with wales is well the last time these two teams met was at the 2019 world cup the all blacks won 40 to 17 and as you also mentioned earlier the welsh haven't had the greatest luck against the all blacks in over 50 years they've played each other 35 times the all blacks winning 32 of those and the welsh only winning three they came close about I don't know. It's going on 20 years now. In 2004, I think they lost by a sole uh, point. They got within I a try. Oh, really? I was there. That so that I don't know if you remember Gavin Henson. Do you remember Gavin yes. Henson? Yep. yep. Yeah. Gavin so Henson. he was. So he was my he, growing up like because that was right in my wheelhouse of you know getting in like as a teenager. You know when you're playing rugby, watching rugby. Gavin Henson and Shane Williams. They were my they were my guys. Um, and that 2004 autumn series as it would be in the northern hemisphere and that's what they call it the autumn series so around this time of year for up for us um that was his like coming out party so he scored two tries against the box he scored a try against the all blacks so lost beat the box i think lost to all Blacks very closely as you say or was it a draw no it was by a sole point yeah by yeah by a point yeah um and then in 2005 in early 2005 wales won the grand slam gavin henson kicked a 60 meter penalty against england he was obviously well known because the way he looked and he shaved his legs and all that kind of mm. stuff. And when he kicked the goal, Eddie Butler, the commentator, says, shave away, Gavin, shave away. All this. Oh, great times, Jordan. What a time <laughs> to be alive. Uh, yeah, Still. so I was at that All Blacks game. Uh, you know, when I, I don't think I missed a Wales All Blacks match in Wales from, uh, I remember my first one would have been, was it 97 or 98? They were building the Millennium Stadium, as it was called then. So Wales were playing out of Wembley. Um, the football stadium in London and I went to the game one of my earliest rugby memories is going to a game there Christian Cullen scored a hat-trick or absolutely destroyed Wales won by like the 90s Wales were pretty bad right um, and uh, New Zealand won by like what felt like 150 points I'm sure it was like 60 or something but to me as like an eight-year-old or nine-year-old it felt like we just got absolutely pumped um, and it's quite interesting because obviously my life has taken a large turn from growing up in the UK and then so when I'm working at Sky and I find myself working on a rugby show one day and Christian Cullen's a guest and I, I remember talking to him about it and being like do you remember that game where you absolutely dicked us in, in Wembley he's like oh yeah 
<laughs> I was like, I was there. I was like, uh, there was a streaker at the game as well. Like, one of my vivid rugby memories. Honestly, man, it's why I ended up in New Zealand was games like that. So when I did my OE, like you say, when I finished high school and, and wanted to do a, a gap year, as you know, as they called, mm-hmm. before I went to study, um, I chose New Zealand because of the All Blacks and because I loved rugby. And that's the reason I came to New Zealand. And here I am, geez, about 15, 16, 15 years later. Uh, and now um, I've been here pretty much my whole adult life. So <laughs> all, all from watching the All Blacks beat up on Wales mercilessly for <laughs> my entire childhood. Crazy. Well, there's a first-hand yeah. account of the pull power that the All Blacks have globally. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> but yeah, looking ahead to this weekend, things, you know, before we even get into the game itself, before the game kicks off, aren't that great. So I touched on the unavailability of some of the best players, and that's primarily because this test falls outside world rugby's designated test window. So Mm -hmm. from what I can gather online, they set up, I don't know, start date X and end date Y. And that is where the premiership clubs, all the, you know, the the equivalent of super rugby franchises over in the UK have to release their players or their non-English contingent to, you know, the, the rest of the teams that make up the six nations, you know, Ireland, Wales, France, Scotland. Um, And so with that, not, being the case with this test falling outside of that, they don't have the access to Dan Bigger, Toby Falatau, and Louis Rezamit. Three British and Irish Lions. There are also a further eight notable players um, that mm-hmm. are injured, which include the likes of Lee Harfini, George North, and Justin Tipperick. Um, again, all either current British and Irish Lions or former. Now, Liam Williams is said to be back training with the team this week, another Lion, um, but he recently had his appendix removed, so he's listed as questionable for the Sunday. He's out. Well, there you go. Yeah. Out. So, And those are a lot of big names that are out. But on a bright note for the team, and probably the area where I thought that the Welsh could match it with the All Blacks is the type five. So you've got mm-hmm. you know, the skipper, Alan Wynne-Jones, legend. Adam Beard, another lock, who was a British Irish Lion this year. Thomas Francis played 55 tests. And you've got Wynne-Jones and hooker Ken Owens. So Ken Owens, mm-hmm. as the British Irish Lion starting hooker, has pulled out since the team was named because of injury. So just add him to the list. Yeah, add him to the list, JK. Like, honestly, the starting back row isn't there. Justin Tipperick, Josh Navidi. Um, Josh Navidi, by the way, who spent a year at St. Bede's College in St. Bede's College or whatever it's called, St. Bede's School in Christchurch um, when he was growing up. Um, and Talupe Falatau would be the starting back row, right? Mm. Um, if any of them are out, someone like Dan Lydia or James Davis would jump in. Don't worry about them. They're also injured. So um, it's a real, it's a real experimental back row. Or, let's say experimental. Ross Moriarty um, has played for Wales a few times before. Both his dad and uncle played for Wales as well. Um, but Tame Basham, I think, is on starting his first ever game. He's played as a replacement against Canada and Argentina, I think, over over the British summer. But starting his first ever game yeah, against bit of a step Black. up. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then Aaron Wainwright has had a handful of caps, but not a lot. So that's a, that back row is very new. But you're right, the, the type five, Wynn Jones is experienced, Thomas French is experienced, Alan Beard, uh, Adam Beard uh, is experienced, and Alan Wynn Jones is literally the most experienced rugby player in the history of the sport. Ryan Elias, who comes in as the backup to Ken Owens, isn't experienced. So I think you're right, if they're going to match anywhere, is that type five, Alan Wynn Jones, surely in this is his 149th test match for Wales, and plus the 12 he's had for the Lions. Um, so I think this one takes him past Richie for solely internet, like his country 
and obviously the 12 Lions ones already took him past him before. Surely he's going to beat the All Blacks once. Like has to, oh, he's done it with the Lions, right? He beat them with the Lions and then he drew with the Lions in that in that famous series. But surely he's going to beat them with, with Wales once. I don't, Travis, I don't think it's going to be this weekend, but surely it's going to happen. You can't have a career that colossal and not beat every country. Come on. I mean, I'm just like, trying to talk myself into it. I mean, Richie McCaw always drew um, a lot of love for the fact that he lasted so long was playing as a flanker. I mean, that, that just doesn't happen, especially with the way the game's played now. But Alan Wynne jones it should be right up there in that conversation in terms of, you know, being in the type five, sticking your head in dark places, to play yeah. over 150 test matches. So that doesn't even take into account the first-class games that he's played, which from oh, yeah. all I've heard about, you know, the way that they play over in England is pretty brutal as well. <laughs> I mean, how, like, is he like a yoga guy? Like, can you give us any inside word there as to how he's, like, been able to extend his career for so long playing, in, you know, in the type five? If you ask me this in about two weeks' time, I can, because I've just bought his book. He's just released a book, um, and I'm hoping to find out the answers. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he's paid... So this will be 149 times for Wales. He's had 12 British Lions tests. So that's what, 161 international test matches, 248 games for the Ospreys in, yeah, based out of Swansea, the first class team there. Um, plus another handful, I guess, of slightly lower level club rugby. Um, at lock, like honestly, yeah. if I, I was, you know, I was a lock growing up. If I played a game of rugby, I was hurting for weeks. And he's doing like, I'm, I'm obviously next level athlete and stuff like that. Um, everything you hear about Alan Wynn is, I mean, every, every teammate has loved him from the, you know, from the start. And he's obviously a talismanic leader now, but you're right. It, it, I was always the same with Richie, just like, and you got a little bit closer to Richie and my job as a journalist and had to, you know, interviewed him a few times when I worked up in Auckland. And just, I remember just looking at him a couple of times being like, you you look broken. <laughs> you know, every time you got close to him in the, in the team hotel or whatever for an interview, you're just like, you look like a broken human being. And then he'd run out on Saturday and, you know, defy everything and win another game for the All Blacks. And I think, I guess it's the same with Alan Wynn Jones, just uh, phenomenal staying power. And, um, and for such a huge human as well, what is he like? Six, six and 120 kegs or something like to get yourself back up and going. So it's, it's a, it's a miracle, right? I mean, even this year, what do you do? Pop his shoulder out? Yeah. Two weeks before the Lions tour, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's done." He played the first test. <laughs> like, like, what? Like, he's a he's a he's a miracle of science. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Sort of post his career, he may even mention it in his book. Maybe some of the stuff that he's hidden over the course of it, and maybe some of the little tricks. You know, maybe it's like the hyperbaric chamber, LeBron James mode. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, just to last that long in such a physical sport, yeah, really does blow my mind. When, like you said. We've both woken up sore just playing club footy, let alone playing against the best <laughs> yeah. athletes in the world. But if they are going to get a win, um, <laughs> which yeah is mm. pretty much slim to none, like in my mind, and I'm guessing your mind as well, they're probably going to have to slow mm -hmm. the game down and beat the All Blacks up with a, again, very inexperienced team. So you mentioned the fact that both coaches have to agree to close well, the different. roof it's different now because i know where you're going with this because of covid i think the roof has to be open i think okay. it's a i'm just gonna have it yeah i'm just looking it up yeah okay the principality roof must be open for all of wales as autumn's international due to covid so it must have to have it for the airflow and the ventilation and stuff like that whether that is a handy excuse 
to pray for the rain in Cardiff. I think you're right. Though. Honestly, if I can, if I had to roadmap away for when Wales to win this game, and I'm sure we're going to talk about Gareth Anscombe shortly, um, it's keep it tight, keep it up front. If it rains, just great stuff. And then slot your goals, right? Keep your discipline. Don't give away penalties that Geordie Barrett's going to kick from 80 metres. Um, but go and win penalties that Gareth Anscombe can, can slot over, who's you know, obviously a world-class kicker in his own right. So that's the only way I see Wales winning this, that Welsh team winning this game. Honestly, if this was a first, a first choice Welsh team and everyone was there, I'd be giving them a good chance, as good a chance as I've ever given them. You know, they've come off almost a grand slam in the Six Nations earlier this year. This is the first game back in front of fans at the Principality Stadium, which is going to be since February 2020. So that's going to be a huge boost. The first game in front of 78,000 people since the start of the pandemic. So that's going to be a huge boost for the team. It's just a shame that the team's going to be watching from, you know, their various clubs in England um, or, you know, or from the injured, from the box, the injury box. So, um, so that's a bit of a shame, but it's going to be a great occasion either way. It always is when these two teams meet. Yeah, 100%. And you mentioned Gareth Anscombe. Um he, he's returning from what was it a knee injury so he's had close to two years out of the game yeah so um and, and like you said it's going to be a massive occasion on sunday with having all the fans there but then especially for someone like him to be coming back into the team who was a new zealand rep all through the age grades and then and then obviously deferred to go over and play for wales well, i say that with all due respect um deferred yeah he's got a welsh um, mum as mm. well his mum's his mum's welsh so it's a little bit more legit i guess as it were yeah than just the old move over play three years of international uh, first class rugby and then to, to to think not that i have an issue with that those are the rules you know um but yeah so gareth has got a welsh mum and he, he was he's interesting you know because he was a good super rugby player right you know for, first choice for the blues and the chiefs in various positions over the years but one of those ones where you, from a new zealand point of view you're like oh anson's good but he's not going to be an all black that's because you had Dan Carter and then Aaron Cruden and then Bowden Barrett and Richie Mwanga. You know, it's pretty tough to, to be an All Black when those are, the, are your options. But he proved he's proved himself. You know, he was the starting before he had that pretty horrific injury. He was the starting first five um, going into the World Cup just before he got injured, and he was on scintillating form. Then he got hurt. Dan Bigger, I think, would be starting this weekend. He started for the Lions as well at, at ten, but he's obviously he plays in England, so he can't play this week. So I think it's a really nice touch that Gareth Anson's come back in and there's been some nice talk from the All Blacks, Brody Retallick and Sam Kane, who kind of, they grew up together, all three of them playing through the age grades. Um, yeah, so I, I hope he has a good game this weekend. He's a, you know, he's not going to do what Bone's going to do. He's going to play a very different game. I imagine there'll be a lot of kicking to the corners, a lot of bombs put up and stuff like that. But hey, you got to do what you got to do to try and beat the All Blacks, right? And this is my sentiment. I was at the pub here in Nelson watching that you know, that horrific game between the All Blacks and the Springboks. Um, the one where everyone's, ah, boring, and everyone in the pub's booing them. And I was like, what do you want them to do? Like, just throw the ball around and get pumped? You know, like, let them try and win. And then, hey, I was wrong, because the next week they did throw the ball around and they went and bloody won. <laughs> so maybe they should have done that. But I, I have no problem with, I think over here we get, we get caught in, because the All Blacks go into every match as favourites, right? So we get pulled in with a, oh, they're playing rugby the wrong way. And it's like, well, let them try and win. You know, so I expect Wales to kick to the corner, put up bombs and like you say, tuck it up the jumper because that's what they're going to have to try and do to win. If they start tossing the ball around seven style, 
how many interceptions is Bone Barrett going to get? <laughs> Will Jordan's just going to be like, thank you. <laughs> you know, like, like that's, this was good. That's what I'm slightly worried about. Like, yeah, all the enterprise in the world, fellas, but we just lost by 40, you know, like, so I'm, I'm interested to see how, how they attack it. And you raise another flag for me uh, with the All Blacks. First five. So it sounds like you're already picking Bowden Barrett to start. And I mean, there are a lot of things that go into it this weekend. It will be his 100th test. Mm -hmm. So like you'd have to think that Ian Foster would be doing him pretty dirty to make that milestone off the bench. But Moanga was the guy before the Australian tour. And so he stayed back in New Zealand because he was awaiting the arrival of his second child. He joined yep. the team for that last test against the Springboks and sort of got thrown into the fire with 20 minutes to go and the game sort of in the balance. And you could see that he just wasn't up for that level of footy after being on ice for that, what was it, month leading into that game. He got 60 minutes last week against the USA, but I think me and you can both agree that that was a glorified training run. Mm -hmm. So that's been like the talk all week with the All Blacks as to who's going to start at 10. And I'm a Bone Barrett guy. Okay, yeah, go on. Um, or even, like, don't get me wrong, I don't weep for the All Blacks to have this selection headache between <laughs> probably the best first five in the world and the second best first five in the world, or joint first, joint second, whatever. But I've always been a Bowden Barrett guy. I think a large part of it is, you know, my huge anti-Crusaders and anti-Canterbury sentiment. You know? I was the and same. I was the same. Purely yeah. out of respect to those two teams who are phenomenal, you know, all that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I hate them. Um, so I've always, and I just love the way Bowen Barrett plays the game, right? He's one of those guys, and I mentioned Shane Williams earlier, who I think is kind of underrated over here, but he was the guy growing up. And for those that don't remember, he was the, the tiny little winger played for Wales, like five foot five, five foot six, scored 46 into uh, 56 international tries. You know, he's like third all time, hell of a player, but he got the ball and the same with Bowden, right? Bowden gets the ball. And if you're in the stadium or on your couch, it doesn't matter. You just, you sit up a bit. You know, mm. like if Bowden Barry mm. gets the ball and you can see space, you know, you're just like, here we go, you know? And like, I think about Justin Marshall in the World Cup final going, go Bodie, you know, in the background, like yeah. Bowden Barry, I know, I just love watching him play. One of my favorite players of all time. So I'm, you know, I think they'll start him. It's his 100th test as well. What better place to run out? If you're not going to run out at home, then, you know, the, mm. I was actually lucky enough to sit next to Bowden Barry at a wedding randomly. Right, a friend of mine got married and uh, she or her husband <clears throat> worked in rugby or whatever. And so there was a smattering of All Blacks at the, at the wedding. And we were put on a table with a couple of them. So I'm literally sitting next to Bone Barrett on this round table of six people. And uh, I told myself, I was like, don't be a fanboy. You know, just sit, you know, like, just sit and just act like, you know, I don't pretend like, I didn't say like, oh, who are you? What do you do? You know, obviously I wasn't yeah. that no, but... <laughs> So I did well, but it's a wedding, you know, the drinks are flowing. And then a couple of hours later, I'm like, whoa, how have this Cardiff, mate? <laughs> but, but he did, I do remember him saying it was his favorite place to play outside of New Zealand. So I think that's a pretty, if he, if he starts, I'm, I think he will. Um, that's a pretty cool place to run out first, you know, because he'll do the whole run out, get the applause of 78,000. And the, and the good thing about the Welsh crowd is they're, you know, they love the All Blacks. It's not England coming to town. Like it's they're they're knowledgeable rugby crowd. Obviously, um, there'll be a standing ovation. I think. Yeah, he's one of the greatest players of all time. Unfortunately for him, he's only come like one first five after Dan Carter, who probably is the greatest first five of all time. 
Um, but he is what he's right up there, right? As one, you're one of the most impactful players of all time. So I think he'll start. He's always been the starting 10 for me. Big Aaron Cruden fan as well before that. And then Bowden took over, just my kind of player. Nothing against Richie Moanga again, who's phenomenal, but it's always been Bowden for me. Very cool. See, I was the exact same way. I've been the biggest Bowden Barrett fanboy since my schoolboy days. I remember his younger brother actually played in a tournament that I played in at, at Silverstream, my old school. Mm-hmm. And he came down and watched. And I can remember like seeing him on the sideline and my mind like completely went away from the game as to like how I get to meet Bowden afterwards <laughs> yeah. and like, how quickly I'd have to have a shower to make it out before he like, left his brother's side. <laughs> but more to the point, I don't know, Richie Mwang has just won me over the past couple of years. I think that for the longest time I sort of held, maybe similar to you, the fact that he does play for the Crusaders, that things were just made that much easier for him. But I think you know, with the games that he's missed for the Crusaders and just some of the times where he hasn't probably been up to scratch, you can just see the level and drop off in terms of the output from the Crusaders. And so I was like, okay, yep. You know, and if you look at his resume now, he's arguably the greatest, almost successful Super Rugby player ever. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, he's incredible. I think a part of it for me as well is because... So I want the All Blacks to win. I'm, I am an All Blacks fan whenever they play anyone except Wales. Um, but I certainly don't have that full, you know, whole of my life investment like you do. So when I sit and watch the All Blacks, if they lose, I'm not, I'm not furious or distraught like I, you know, I am. I Wales try not to be them. either, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You. But you I have to you. try. Like for me, yeah. it's not ingrained in me because I didn't grow up as a huge All Blacks fan. But um, so when I want, watch the All Blacks, I'm like, I think they're going to win anyway. <laughs> so I'm like, they're either going to win with Bowden or they're going to win with Richie. And I like to watch Bowden more because of just, yeah. and Richie Moore is phenomenal to watch, but I just, you know, Bowden can just do anything at any moment. And, and we've seen the, the bad side of that, right? He can throw an intercept pass at any moment or he can run himself into trouble at any moment as well. But more like nine times out of 10, he's going to pull it goosey, see you later. And then dummy and then score in a corner. Oh, it's just, it's just great. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, like you said, Richie Wonga has X factor um, more so than most Test level rugby players. But Bowden Barrett's just in a different class with just the speed. He's yeah. as quick as a winger, but he has the skill set um, of a legendary first five. And I think what's helped his cause is the fact that his brother's taken over the goal kicking, so you don't have to worry about that with him anymore. I know that was always yeah. thrown into the debate: the fact that Wonga was the better goal kicker. And then, yeah, as well as the goal kicking, just playing field territory. I mean, like like you said earlier, like Jordy Barrett is probably capable of kicking them from inside his own 22. Whether or not he attempts it in a game is a different story. Yeah. But I just think that the added pressure of having to be a field general and be that tactician is sort of um, taken down a notch with having someone like him. And even David Havili in his own right has a massive boot who you can also use, mm-hmm. who I think is going to start at 12. So yeah, as much as I am probably more in Mwanga's favour for some of the bigger tests and what I'd like to see moving forward, especially building into that next World Cup, I think Bowden Barrett is probably going to get that 10 jumper this weekend. But we'll look to wrap this up here, mate. What are you picking for a score line this weekend? So normally I would say, and this has been the experience since Wales got good, as I like to say, but that and that was kind of like mid 2000s in my lifetime. Obviously, in the 70s, they were phenomenal. Uh, in the 90s, when I first was watching rugby, they were absolutely terrible. And then in the mid 2000s, they got good. Um, when you know Steve Hansen and to let passed on to Mike Ruddock and then to eventually to Warren Gatlin, who had great success. Um, 
I would always say Wales will be competitive for 60 minutes and then the All Blacks will run away with it. And that's that has literally been what's happened the last 20 years. Yeah. You know, like that's me, and, me and my dad were sitting there going, Oh my god, we've got a chance, just gotta keep it close. Button back intercept, see you later, and then they'll score another couple. But I can't see that even being the case this weekend, just with the experience of that Welsh side. I might be wrong, and maybe this is what Wales need. You know, a couple of guys who are fearless and haven't been bruised and broken by that before. Um, but the sensible part of me goes that they'll put up a good fight for a half, uh, and then something like ill-discipline and experience will lead to a couple of couple of tries for the All Blacks and then see you And I can see the All Blacks winning by by twenty. I don't think they, I don't think Wales are going to disgrace themselves, um, but I think they're going to lose by by twenty. Yeah, I'm the exact same. I think if the rain does come down, this will be a good test for the All Blacks to roll their sleeves up because I think they probably have that last South African game in the back of their minds and that they probably didn't quite match up physically. And so when you roll into yeah. a test where you have, you know, no other means to play the game other than, like you mentioned earlier, tuck it under your jumper and take the fight right to them. I think that, you know, when you've got Whitelock, Retallick, um, Cody Taylor, Artie Severe all in there, I think they'll want to make a statement um, in this type of game leading into, you know, the, the bigger tests again against the Irish and the French. But yeah, I'm probably going to go 20 points as well. But yeah, obviously we have to see how it, how it all plays <laughs> out on Sunday morning. Obviously for my sake, I hope the All Blacks win, you know, especially given the, the, the second tier nature of this Welsh side. But yeah, like you said, with having such a young group of players in there, maybe that is what they need, that fearlessness, that naivete. Um, but yeah, All Blacks for me, probably going to get it done. Yeah, and fair play to you. You know, notch another one up. <laughs> my old man was born my old man was born in 1958 and so has never seen Wales beat the All Blacks so for his sake God I hope it happens one day and I hope he's in the in the stadium when it happens it's to the point now mate where because obviously I, I've lived over here now for 15 years that and that he comes over a lot but he won't miss a Wales New Zealand game because he won't live with himself if he misses the one that Wales win you know, like, so yeah. he's every time Wales come over here, which has been a lot in recent years, because obviously they've had that connection with Gatland and now mm. Wayne Pivak. So, you know, and that, so I think it's going to keep happening, which is great for me. Um, but he won't miss one because if he misses the one they win, he's going to be devastated that he wasn't there for it. Because that is going to be, if it happens in Cardiff, that is going to be one hell of a party yeah. for the first time since 1953. Um, it won't be this weekend though, but hey, I'll be up and I'll be watching. <laughs> You'll be with my friend. Well, thank you very much for your time. Um, I look forward to catching up with you on Sunday. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it.